Before we begin our study tonight, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. During the Pesach Seder, we tell the story of Passover, one memorable part is the recounting of the 10 plagues. We remember the death of the firstborn in Egypt and God's promise to protect the firstborn of Israel. The Lord had told Moses in advance that Israel is God's son, his firstborn. In Exodus chapter four, verses 22 and 23, the Lord gave instruction to Moses about what to say to Pharaoh when Moses went to Pharaoh back in Egypt. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, Israel is my son, my firstborn. And so I said to you, let my son go so that he may serve me, but you've refused to let him go. Behold, I'm going to kill your son, your firstborn. That's how serious this was. And Moses was being prepared, and even Pharaoh was being prepared, and yet Pharaoh stubbornly refused. One last time, Moses warned Pharaoh. The prophetic warning was very specific. And I think in no way could it be simply dismissed as a natural occurrence or something caused by the forces of nature. It was very precise and selective regarding the firstborn. Exodus chapter 11, verses 4 through 8. Then Moses said, this is what the Lord says, about midnight, I am going out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of the Pharaoh, who sits on his throne, to the firstborn of the slave girl, who is behind the millstones, all the firstborn of the cattle as well, and so shall there be a great cry in all the land of Egypt, such as there has not been before, and such as shall never be again. But not even a dog will threaten any of the sons of Israel, nor anything from person to animal, so that you may learn how the Lord distinguishes between Egypt and Israel. And all these servants of yours, Pharaoh, will come down to me, and they will bow themselves before me, saying, Go out, you and all the people who follow you, and after that I will go out. And then Exodus says that it happened. It continues in Exodus 12, 29. At midnight, the Lord did strike down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner, who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. We are then told to remember this and to recount it to our children. Exodus 13, verses 14 and 15. And it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? Then you shall say to him, with a powerful hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. And it came about when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, that the Lord put to death every firstborn in the land of Egypt from human firstborns to animal firstborns. And now another personal word. In fact, this was also connected to the consecration of my tribe, the Levites. It says this in Numbers chapter 
3, starting in verse 11. Uh, Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, now behold, I have taken the Levites from among the sons of Israel instead of every firstborn, the firstborn of the womb among the sons of Israel. So the Levites shall be mine for all the firstborn are mine. And on the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified to myself all the firstborn in Israel, from the human firstborn to animals, they shall be mine. I am the Lord. So at Passover, we remember these details and we tell one another about them and we try to make them personally important to us. In the same way, we who are Messianic remember that Yeshua was crucified this time and we try to make that personally important to us as well. He was crucified at this time, but that's not the whole story. He was buried, but he was also resurrected, just as he had said. His tomb was empty, his body was gone, and then he appeared again. It's good for us to remember these details and to tell one another about them. And so they are included in the Gospels. And I'm going to read some passages with you this evening as a way of remembering and helping you prepare your heart and your mind to take personally the death, burial, and resurrection of Messiah Yeshua and to be prepared to tell others about why you have such hope. Matthew 27, starting in verse 57, just as background, this this passage is after Yeshua was crucified, and Matthew tells us about the burial the burial in a donated tomb, starting in verse 57. Towards evening, there came a wealthy man from Ramataim, or Arimathea, as we know it in English, and his name was Yosef, Joseph, and he himself was a disciple of Yeshua. He approached Pilate and asked for Yeshua's body, and Pilate ordered it to be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen sheet, and laid it in his own tomb, which he had recently had cut out of the rock. After rolling a large stone in front of the entrance to the tomb, he went away. Miriam of Magdala and the other Miriam stayed there sitting opposite the grave. Verse 62. Next day, after the preparation, the high priest and the Pharisees with him went together to Pilate, and they said, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was still alive after three days, I will be raised. Therefore, order that the grave be made secure till the third day. Otherwise, the Talmudim may come, steal him away and say to the people, he was raised from the dead and the last deception will be worse than the first. Verse 65, Pilate said to them, you may have your guard and go and make the grave as secure as you know how. And so they went and they made the grave secure by sealing the stone and putting the guard on watch. It's interesting to take notice of this, that those who opposed Yeshua understood the importance that his resurrection would have. Now let's continue in Matthew 28, starting in verse 1. After Shabbat, as the next day was dawning, Miriam of Magdala, or uh, Mary Magdalene, as she's known in English, and the other Miriam went to see the grave. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake, 
for an angel of Adonai came down from heaven, rolled away the stone, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. Verse 4, the guards were so terrified at him that they trembled and became like dead men. But the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Yeshua who was executed on the stake. He is not here because he has been raised, just as he said. Come and look at the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples he has been raised from the dead and now he's going to the Galilee ahead of you. You will see him there. Now I've told you. Fascinating details. Luke 24 verses 8 and following add some more details. And they remembered his words and they returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven, the eleven apostles, and to all the rest. Now these women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, of Yaakov. Also, the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to the apostles as nonsense, and they wouldn't believe the women. Nevertheless, Peter, Kepha, got up, and he ran to the tomb, and then he stooped, and he looked in, and he saw only the linen wrappings, and he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. Luke 24 continues, and the story gets even more interesting. Verse 13, that same day, two of them, two of the Talmudim were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and deliberated, Yeshua himself came up and walked along with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stood still with sadness on their faces. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in recent days? Verse 19, what things? He asked. The events involving Yeshua of Nazareth, they answered. This man was a prophet, powerful in speech and action before God and all the people. Our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping he was the one who would redeem Israel. And besides all this, it's the third day since these things took place. Furthermore, some of our women astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, but they did not find his body. They came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels who said that Yeshua was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had described, but him they did not see. Verse 25, then Yeshua said to them, Oh, foolish ones, how slow are your hearts to believe all that the prophets have spoken? Was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and then to enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was written in all the scriptures about himself, what was written in the Tanakh, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. Verse 28, as they approached the village where they were headed, he seemed to be going farther. But they pleaded with him, stay with us, for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. 
And so we went in to stay with him. And while he was reclining at the table with them, he took matzah, spoke a blessing and broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were open and they recognized Yeshua. And then he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us as he spoke with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up at that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 apostles and those with them gathered together and saying, the Lord has indeed risen and has appeared to Shimon. And then the two told what had happened on the road and how they had recognized Yeshua in the breaking of the bread. While they were describing these events, Yeshua himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Shalom Aleichem. But they were startled and frightened, thinking they had seen a spirit. Why are you troubled, Yeshua asked. Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see, I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still in disbelief because of their joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And so they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in front of them. Yeshua said to them, these are the words I spoke to you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Torah of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds to comprehend the scriptures, to, to comprehend the big picture of the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and in his name, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but remain in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. When Yeshua had led them out, as far as Bethany, he lifted up his hands, he blessed them, and while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, praising God continually in the temple. What an amazing story. Now, finally, I want to read the Apostle Paul's summary of these events that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, Brothers, I must remind you of the good news which I proclaim to you and which you did receive and on which you've taken your stand and by which you are being saved, provided you keep holding fast to the message I proclaim to you. For if you don't, your trust will have been in vain. For among the first things I passed on to you was what I also received, namely this, the Messiah died for our sins, in accordance with what the Tanakh says. And he was buried, and he was raised on the third day in accordance with what the Tanakh says. And he was seen by Kepha, by Peter, then by the twelve. And afterwards, he was seen by more than 500 brothers at one time, the majority of whom are still alive, though some have died. Later, he was seen by Yaakov, then by all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen by me, even though I was born 
at the wrong time. For I'm the least of all the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, an emissary, because I persecuted the Messianic community of God. But by God's grace, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I have worked harder than all of them, although it was not I, but the grace of God with me. Anyhow, whether I or they, this is what we proclaim, and this is what you believed. But if it has been proclaimed that the Messiah has been raised from the dead, how is it that some of you are saying there is no such thing as a resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then the Messiah has not been raised. And if the Messiah has not been raised, then what have we proclaimed? It would be in vain. Also, your trust would be in vain. Furthermore, we're shown up as false witnesses for God and having testified that God did raise up Messiah, whom he didn't raise, if it's true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then the Messiah has not been raised either. And if the Messiah has not been raised, your trust is useless and you are still in your sins. Also, if this is the case, those who died in union with the Messiah are lost. And if it's only for this life that we put our hope in the Messiah, we are more to be pitied than anyone. But the fact is, Messiah has been raised from the dead. He is the first fruits and the firstborn of those who have died. For since death came through a man, also the resurrection of the dead has come through a man. For just as in connection with Adam, all die. So in connection with Messiah, all will be made alive for each in his own order. Messiah is the first fruits. Well, that is a wonderful recounting from the scriptures of the story of Passover, the part about the redemption of the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt, and the smiting of the firstborn and the sparing of the firstborn of Israel. And it is also the great recounting of Yeshua, the firstborn of the resurrection, the Messiah who redeems us and all he has done for us. It's good for us to tell the story of Passover in Egypt and to make it our own. Passover is important to us. It's also good for us to tell the story of the death and the resurrection of Yeshua, and to make it our own. That's important to us too. May you be strengthened with hope and faith as you keep Passover this year with Yeshua and his Messianic community. In a moment, we'll close with Aaron's blessing and a final worship song. But first, would you consider standing with us financially during this Passover season? You can go to our webpage, BethIsraelNow.com slash giving for all the details. Now, Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, Ye'er Adonai p'navelecha v'yichunecha, Yisa Adonai p'navelecha v'yasem lecha. Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord continue to guard and protect you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the one who has been raised from the dead. <laughs>